Now's the time that we need to get closer to God than we've ever been before. And you can see it in this world. You see the things that's going on in this world, what's happening in this world. And he's saying, that's, and I was reading this chapter 37 of Ezekiel, and I was looking at it, and I was reading, and I said, Lord, what is that telling me today? And he says, you know what, this valley of dry bones, he says, that is the church today. A picture of the church day. I understand in, in, the, in Ezekiel, he says it is the picture of the nation of Israel at that time. But I, I'm looking at it and I say, Lord, that's where we're at today. Chapter 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many of in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Notice the emphasis that he's putting on this. In the open valley, and they were very low, very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live again? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. Look at the verse number 10. Turn to verse number 10. Verse 10, it says, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet in an exceedingly great army. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We just hope, uh, pray that our hearts are opened up and our minds receive the words. Help us get closer to you. Help us to look into this world and see where we're heading to. Father, we just praise you tonight. Help us we'll be what we need to be and stand strong for you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, the question he asked in verse 3, can these bones live again? And the question was answered again in verse 10 in, by these three words, and they lived. But no, they just don't live, they stood up. They stood upon their feet and then they became an exceedingly great army. In our text, that is what is known as the vision of the valley uh, uh, dry bones. Here in Ezekiel 37, God appears to Ezekiel in a vision. And here he takes him to the valley that is full of nothing but dead, dry, defeated, lifeless bones. And amazingly, and it mightily transformed them to an exceedingly great army. He takes something that is dead, he takes something that is dry, and, and, and he takes something as far as man is concerned that is done and defeated and over with and turn him to a living, standing, exceedingly great army. And later on in the text, uh, God tells Ezekiel, this valley of dry bones is a replication, a representation of the nation of Israel, as I said in verse 11. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. When this was written, uh, uh, when this vision was taking place, uh, Israel's not the people they used to be. Uh, Israel's not the great nation they used to be. Uh, Israel's not on top of the mountain like they once were. Israel's not experiencing the blessings of God uh, they had they had in times past. Uh, they're not as powerful as they used to be. They're now in, in Babylon captivity. And they're in these valley of Babylon under the scorching hot sun of captivity according to their own words in verse 11 behold they said our bones are dry and our hope is lost 
they have found themselves in a hopeless situation. They're at the end of their rope. They're at the end of the line. They're at the bottom of the barrel. There's no hope of restoration as far as they can see their, their present circumstances. There's no hope for revival. There's no hope for redemption. There's no hope for rescue. They're, they're going to die in Babylon captivity. God appears to his prophet by the name of Ezekiel. He appears to him in a vision and says, through this vision, Ezekiel receives a message. And he receives a mission. God wants him to go through the children of Israel. He wants them to stand before them and say, I know it looks hopeless. I know you're in a hopeless situation. I know it looks bad. I, I know it looks dark. I know that you're at the end of your line. I know that you're at the bottom of the barrel. But Ezekiel, go tell my children and tell them there is still hope. Israel, if there's one thing that you should have known, if there's one thing that you have should have learned about the God your fathers have served, is this one thing you should have learned where you came from, what you've been through, and what you have done. The one thing you should have learned from your heritage and from your history that I am God that specializes in hopeless situations. Who was it that appeared to Abraham and led him out of the land of Ur of Chaldeans and led him to a city whose foundation was builder was God? Who was it that appeared to Isaac on top of Mount Moriah? Who was it that wrestled Jacob at midnight hour and touched the hollow of his bone? Who was it that raised up Joseph from the pits? From Potiphar's house to prison to the palace to spare the nation of Israel. Who was it that went the backside of the desert and, and he called Moses the burning through the burning bush and raised him up and lead the children of Israel out of captivity from Egypt? Who was it that provided your every need? Who was it that gave you what you needed? Who was it that defeated your enemies? Uh, who was it that provided manna in the morning and quail at night? Who was it that brought water from out of the rock? Who was it, Israel? Have you forgotten what God has done for you? He, God says, I, I specialize in hopeless situations. I'm so glad that God is able to reach down in our hopeless situation. In this text, I want to show you three things, and we'll go home. It, it recounts the purpose of God in this text. You see, God has a plan. God still has a purpose. God still has something in store for the nation of Israel. You say, uh, it's like this, I'm not done with you yet, Israel. You, it, it be what uh, you look into this valley of dry bones. Uh, all we can see is the the remnants of something that once was. Uh, we we see something that used to be. Uh, uh, we see a valley of dead, dry, defeated bones. Uh, uh, but when God looked in the valley, He saw an army. He saw a, uh, saw there to, was something great in that valley. He looked and He saw what it what it can become today. 
When everybody else looked by, when everybody else came by that valley, they, they saw something that, that was dead and dried up and defeated. You, they would probably tell Israel, hey Israel, you might as well give up. You might as well give yourself in. You might have just, we just wrote the last page of your story, Israel. But let me just say this, God says uh, I, the last page hadn't been written. I still hold the punctuation mark. I'm still the one that says it's over with. Nothing's done until I said it's done. Israel, you got to remember what God said and God is not finished with Israel. Can I say this? God is not finished with you and I tonight. God is not finished with the church uh, and God ain't finished with this country yet. It reveals the power of God. When you look at this valley and saw the miracle that took place, the only word to describe it, God, God. When you look in the valley and saw how something that was dead and came to life, something that had no breath and began to breathe, dry bones, defeated bones, and God took and transformed them into an exceedingly great army. You can't explain that. Scientists can't explain it. And people just don't understand it and don't realize what it is. All you can say, it had to be God. But you've got to believe it in your heart that it is God. We know that man is not manufacturing something here. It was not a preconceived idea or a notion it wasn't Ezekiel's power. It wasn't his strength. It didn't have anything to do with him. He said, Lord, if these bones are going to live again, it's not going to be by my power. It's not going to be my strength. It's not going to be anything I again. If these bones are going to live again, it'll have to be by you, God. You're the one that's going to have to do it. If Israel is ever going to see revival, if Israel is ever going to be uh, uh, set free, it won't be something by what I do. It's going to be what you can do, God, for Israel. It reflects the pattern of God. God took something that was dead, lifeless and defeated, and put breath in it. He made it alive again. He made it to breathe. He, he made it to stand. You see, this is not the first time God has called something like this to happen. You go back to Genesis. God spoke everything that existed. He walked out on nothing and spoke everything existing. He formed you and I out of the dust of this world and He breathed into us and He caused us to start breathing. He put a blood in our bodies. He put the heartbeat in our soul. He put the breath in my mouth. And, I, and He says, stand up. God has, not do, has done this before. He's taken things that was nothing. And made something out of them. You, say, you may say, well, what does this text have to do with me? What, what does that? I want to look at it as a practical application for our lives. I, I'm glad that we still have a Bible that speaks to us. 
from story to story, from every page, every word, uh, God still speaks to his people. You don't have to dig. You don't have to stretch the truth. God still reveals himself. I believe every church has found themselves in this valley. The looking inside, it seems like it's dead. It's empty. The lights are off. It's lifeless. It's breathless. The church looks defeated today. There's nothing going on in churches today. I see the church is like this valley of dry bones. But I also read that God can take something that was defeated. God can take something that uh, looks lifeless. God can take something that was dried up and dead and, and worthless and still do something great with it. Don't give up on God yet. God is able to do great things through us. We just turn to Him. The world, the society, and the devil has got us right where they want us at. They, we have been silenced, shut down, and it seems like we're in a hopeless situation. They say the church will never be the same again. The church will never be filled again. They said that you'll never be able to run the buses again. You'll never go and knock on doors again. Your ministry is going to come to a complete halt. It seems like everything's just stopping in the churches today. We, we, when it started happening, we were looking forward to a revival and things were going good. But all of a sudden, everything just seemed to quit. But can I remind you that in Matthew 16 and 18, it's still in the Bible. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I know it seems dark. I know it looks bleak. I know we look lifeless. I know we look dried and defeated. But I'm telling you that we serve a God that specializes in hopeless cases. He, he specialized in hopeless situations. Just like the valley of dry bones was raised up to a seemingly great army. Just like the nation of Israel came home again. They were not left in captivity. And rest, they were restored and they had redemption. God specializes in hopeless situations. And can I tell you, God specializes in hopeless situations in the day and hour in which we live in. If God did it yesterday, God can do it today. Verse 10, he says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood up upon their feet in an exceedingly great army. We shall rise out of this valley. Because God has commanded us. Notice the condition of these bones. These bones were defeated bones. They're remnants of something, soldiers that were in wars time past. They were defeated, they were dead, lifeless, dried, and had no breath. They were, uh, they were on display. The Bible says they were in an open valley. People from other nations could walk by 
and they could see in the valley and see the dry bones in this valley. They, they knew something had happened in this valley. But they knew that nothing ever good was going to come out of this valley of dry bones. They could see the devastation that would took place in this valley. They saw the defeat in this valley. There were no, they were in a doubtful condition. God asked Ezekiel in a question, verse number three, can these bones live again? Ezekiel had to confess, thou knowest. And what Ezekiel was saying, Lord, if these are going to live again, it ain't going to be about what I can do. Ain't nothing I can do. If these bones are going to live, Lord, it is beyond my control my ability, my strength, if these are going to live again, it's going to have to come from you. And we know that whenever God asks the question, when he's, can these bones live again, he's not asking for an answer. He's not looking for an answer. God knows from the end to from the very beginning. And God knows what's going on. He knows everything. He, so he knows the answer already. But he's giving Ezekiel a chance to be honest with himself. You know, when God asks you a question, you sometimes will, well, I think I can, I think I can, I think I've got the ability, I think I can overcome that. No, God is just giving you the chance to make yourself, hey, aware that you ain't got the strength, you don't have the ability, you don't have the capability. Without God, you are nothing. We can look around our country today, churches shut down. Ministries have been put on hold. So many churches start out the year in a great, great, great things. I've talked to a lot of them. And they were looking forward for great things throughout this year. God was being good with churches. God was being good with them. But now the churches are empty. People have left the church. And people have gotten so used to of not going to church. It's going to be hard to get them back into church. It's going to take something from God. It's nothing that I can do. But let me just say this. God specializes in hopeless situations. And God can move again. God can wake up the country again. I know this virus is real. I know some people that are afraid. But there's got to come a time in your life. There has to come a time that we step out in faith. Look, it may be dark, it may be bad, but we got to put on our armor and get our shield out and take our sword in our hand and go and fight the devil, fight the world, fight society, and march on for God. March on towards victory. I look around the condition we're in today and ask the question. Will we ever rise out of this valley that we're in? If we do, if we ever get out of this condition, this hopeless situation, it's not going to be something that you and I do. It's going to see something what God does through us. Notice the command he gives in verse number four. Again, he said unto me, prophesize upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. God gave Ezekiel a specific command. He gave him the specific word from God. He did not step out, on the, out in the valley and say, hey, 
This is what I think. This is what I say. God told him exactly what he wanted to say. I, I, he said uh, the word of the Lord is not my words. He could not uh, give him them to Ezekiel's word because Ezekiel's words could not do anything for him. Ezekiel stepped out and did exactly what God told him to do. He said what God told him to say. And this was a strange command. You don't see people today standing around in graveyards prophesying the graves. This is what God told me to tell y'all. We don't see that. In fact, you see somebody standing out there with the Bible out in the middle of the graveyard preaching, you think he's done flipped somewhere. But he gave God this, this, this strange command to preach to these dry bones. And Ezekiel starts preaching to these dry bones. But I want you to notice this. He gave him a specific command, but he also gave him a singular command. He said unto me, it was not said unto us. God didn't call the rest of the nation of Israel. God didn't call all the preachers. and He called all the prophets. God called Ezekiel. He said, Ezekiel, he said, this you. He didn't want all the churches come together. God does not need the majority to make a difference. It was one man, Enoch, who walked with God. It was one man, Noah, that lived for God and a righteous man. It was Jonah and his armor bearer that climbed the mountain and said, uh, maybe it would be God will fight for us. It was one man, David, that walked into the valley of that valley with a state face. The giant says, you come at me with a shield and a sword, but I come at you with the word of God. It was Ezekiel, he called Ezekiel this one man. It's your job. Now, let me just say this. You say, well, we, we're together, you know, but sometimes God calls one person to do one thing. If God's called you to do something, God says, I want you to do this. And there's this poster for the military, and it's always pointing. It says, Uncle Sam wants you. Just specifically, he wants you. God sometimes points his finger at us and says, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to go there. I want you to say this. And sometimes we say, well, Lord, I can't do it by myself. You don't need anybody else as God is directing you somewhere, as God is placing you somewhere. You don't need nobody else but God. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that says God's telling them to stand up. Is anybody here feeling like God is speaking to them? God never needs the majority to make a difference in this world today. He just needs you and Him. And you are the majority. Notice the cure. The first cure was the word of the Lord. I, I'm so glad we have the word of God tonight. This word has been tried, tested, proven. It has lasted through all generations and time and time again. And we, we see it. If we're ever going to see a change, we're ever going to see things happen, if we're ever going to see a revival again, we've got to get back to the Word of God. It makes a difference. I'm glad that we have the Word of God. I'm so glad it's not my words, it's not your words. My words cannot change anything, but the Word of God can change lives. 
But we're living in the days of Isaiah 59 and 14. And judgment is turned away backward. And justice stranded afar off. For truth has fallen into the streets. Let's pick the Bible up and read it and fall in love with it again. It can make a difference in our lives. It can make a difference in the people around you when you fall in love with the Word of God again. The Word was a cure and the breath of God was a cure. Verse 5, Thus said the Lord God into these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. If you and I are going to make in these last days, if you and I are going to face these dark times and these hopeless situations, we're going to need the breath of God on us. If we want the churches to come alive again, we want the Christians to come alive again, we need God to breathe on us again. We need the breath of God once again. Sometimes it's going to have to be to get alone in your secret place. Get along with God and let God feel you and let God touch you and let God breathe on us again. We can see the change in verse number 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to bone. There was a sound, there was a noise, the shaking establishing the bones came together. That which was dead, and God breathed on them, and they came together, and may God breath breathe on us again. We need soldiers to stand up. We need soldiers to go forth. We need the people to fall in love with the Word of God again. We need those to get in their secret place and seek out God and find God. Let God touch them. Let God feel them. Let God move on them that when they come out of that secret place, uh, they can see people can see that you've been in the presence of God as Moses was in the presence of God. We need people to get back in the presence of God. Fall in love with God again before it's too late. Before it's too late. We see the things that's happening in this world today. And I'm afraid that a lot of Christians are going to go down. I'm afraid a lot of Christians are going to slip off and not stand strong with God. And, and the reason why they won't is because they haven't fallen in love with God. They haven't fallen in love with the Word of God anymore. They haven't seeked the face of God. They haven't uh, listened for the voice of God in their lives more. We, we see people falling away left and right. To, and I pray and I keep praying, Lord, bring them back. Bring them back. Let God start convicting them. I can't convict them. But let me just say this. God can convict people. God can move in somebody's life. God can bring them back. When you see somebody stand and cry and they understand when you tell them, you got to get back to God. you got to get back to God. If you don't get back to God before it's too late, you'll die in burn in hell forever we've got to be that kind of people we need God to touch us so that we can reach out to other people God specializes in hopeless situations you say are we in a hopeless situation but we're in a dark time we're in a dark hour it ain't hopeless yet but it's coming
is coming. Get into the word of God. Let God show you what he can do. He raised up a great and mighty, exceedingly army from dry bones. I think we got some dry, clanking bones in here, don't we? I hear them when they stand up, they pop, snap, crackle. I hear them. But God is able. 